is Rob and Steve here for another exciting episode of the N64U podcast. Coming at you with high-end amateur reviews and scoring of all your favorite and unknown N64 titles. Today in episode 16, we'll be taking a look at one of the most legendary titles, Mario Kart 64. That's right, Stephen. The legendary Mario Kart 64, released in 1997, developed and published by our good pals at Nintendo. And it's a follow-up to Super Mario Kart for the Super Nintendo. And I'd say succeeded in further strengthening the Mario Kart brand and allowing it to become the behemoth that it is today. Would you agree? I agree completely. I feel like this this game created the category of kart racers. Um, even games we've played in this podcast, not in the kart racing realm, Snowboard Kids, I would define the, that game as a kart racer game, and it stems from Mario Kart 64. I agree completely. It's It really laid the foundation, and, and not only that, it really, I think, popularized the genre to the point where, and you know, there were tons of kart racers on the Super Nintendo, but like... I think at this point, you really started to see things like Diddy Kong uh, and Crash Team Racing and a lot of these uh, developers putting a lot of effort into putting their um, their main IPs into carts and racing them around. I really feel like this game um, really like out the gate was uh, was what made the n64 the n64 um i do think this was a lot of people's first game in my household this was the first game we got with um n64 and at the time it was like the only game we had for a stretch so um i really think this game made the system in a way uh for me at least it was uh when i think of n64 i think of mario kart as far as an n64 game or really any game goes mario kart 64 has endured more than any game that I can think of off the top of my head. Like for me personally, the game came out in 97. I got it probably around 97, 98. And I haven't stopped playing the game since it came out, you know, like usually play a game, maybe pick it up every now and then. But like Mario Kart 64 has just been a constant thing in my life. I totally, I, I, I totally feel the same way about it. Like, you know, until we did this podcast, I, I've really kept my N64 mostly in storage and really only busted out every every five years or so. And uh, this would be the game I'd play to reset the system up on. So um, just an incredible game and definitely uh, for me, I, I categorize it as a legendary game. Steven, I, I couldn't agree more. Well, with that, Steve. Could you please remind our beautiful audience of the various categories that we will discuss today? Of course. Our categories are mechanics, how the game is structured, gameplay, how the game progresses through that existing structure, followed by difficulty, sound design, visual presentation, and finally, modern day appeal. Um, considering this is a kart racer game, we're not going to be including story in today's episode. Well, thank you very much, Stephen. Uh, well, our first category is mechanics. How do you feel if uh, I get started? Yeah, please take us in, Rob. All right. Well, if it wasn't uh, already painfully obvious, Mario Kart 64 is a kart-style racing game. If you didn't know that, you probably live under a rock. Or wouldn't be listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. That's, I feel like that's a prerequisite of listening to an N64 podcast, is knowing like Mario Kart and maybe GoldenEye. You know, you got to know those two. Uh, I, I would say there's four games when you think N64. You have Mario Kart, Ocarina of Time, GoldenEye, and Mario 64. Would you agree? That, that's, that's a pretty good list, man. I'd probably throw uh, Banjo-Kazooie in there somewhere. But yeah, like if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably played three to five of those games. So Without a doubt. I, 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 I think it's fair to say that uh, those listening to this episode are probably... Uh, aggressively familiar with this game for sure so rob what's your force first item in mechanics for us as previously mentioned it's a kart style racing game uh second iteration of perhaps the most popular racing franchise of all time uh, and i will say as far as mechanics go they are in my mind largely unchanged from the super nintendo entry but at the same time 
the game feels like such a vast improvement, despite the fact that really the there's not really a, a huge difference between the two other than you know some minor tweaks and obviously the the visual improvements you know i never had the chance to play the super nintendo version um prior to the n64 version but you really can uh it does have much of that same touch and feel yeah and it it's um you know that there are certainly moments when you play n64 uh mario kart especially if you're a big fan of the later entries in the series you can feel kind of the datedness if that's a word of of this game but when you play the super nintendo version i feel like as great as it is i i feel like the you know it feels a lot more dated when you play that one i agree yeah so you're racing through 16 tracks you got eight racers you got a variety of items at your disposal to murder your pals. And I, I gotta say, man, it, Mario Kart is kind of funny to me. It reminds me a little bit of Mario Party, where it's like, whose idea was this? Like, who's funding this project? It just is so absurd, I think, like, contextually, right? Like, it kind of just took a bunch of random stuff throughout the, like, Mario world, right? Like, that's kind of why, like, I've I've dislike some of the changes they've done in, in the newer Mario Karts because, like, they've added characters like Link and stuff like that. I feel like those characters don't belong in the Mario Kart world. Like, if you look at this original game, right, like, I think part of its beauty is it, it stayed true to um, items and characters and stages of the Mario Kart, Mario universe. Right. It's more, like, very adjacent Mario characters, you know, like, even Donkey Kong, which isn't I what I really, yeah, I mean Mario Kart. I mean uh, Mario and Donkey Kong do have a uh, a storied history. Not really the probably this uh, this version of Donkey Kong, but he he gets a pass. And I agree. you know what it, yeah, right? And and you know what it is like. You slap a link on something, and people are gonna buy it. I, I was really excited to. I, I recently bought a GameCube, and as you know, and I picked up Soul Calibur 2, and I was oh, so excited game. just to beat the living hell out of people with Link. So, you know, I don't blame Nintendo for slapping him in there. But, you know, there are some really weird, like all the various Koopas and, and things like that in the newer games. It's, it's like you, you have a really awesome franchise of characters it's surprising to me that you don't instead put someone like i don't know, like kirby in there for example instead of um like dry bones kirby would if you added someone like kirby it turns into smash bros so that's my that's my thing is like the newer versions of almost like cross universes and somehow offended me and that's partly why this is the best one Oh, so is that your take, Steve? Is Mario Kart 64 the best Mario Kart? I don't come out the gate. So, okay, so I will amend it and correct myself and actually say Double Dash on the GameCube is the best version of Mario Kart that exists. They, the tech was just right at the right time. The graphics were really good and they were able to enhance the small enhancements that N64's version of Mario Kart needed, needed. Yeah. And it has one of the most unique concepts of having the two riders. Uh, you know, that's I never agree. Been... It made it it made it more realistic. They brought in characters I love, such as Waluigi. I think the introduction of him in uh, Mario Party Three was like the best character introduction of all time. And it's a crime that he's not in Smash Bros. It is a crime. Uh, he's just the he's just the trophy, and he just goes and stomps around. It's it's a they absolutely shit on his legacy. Completely. But let's get us back on track here and uh, get back into the mechanics of um, Mario Kart 64. And I have a point I'd like to discuss. Um, one mechanic that I actually love is the division of cups um, throughout the game, right? Like, so you're going to have different level packages to complete in one, like, overall circuit. Um I actually think that mechanic is absolutely brilliant. Um, and it makes it really feel, um, it's, it's a good amount of races per cup. I think there's four. And, um, 
I feel like it spans out where it doesn't feel like you're playing too long and ends it before it gets old and will draw you into play another round. So I, I, I really find that mechanic of, of uh, Mario Kart 64 quite fascinating. Yeah, it has a good pick-up-and-play aspect to it because if you really only want to do one race, like if you're a, a psychopath and you're like, oh, I'm just going to turn on Mario Kart and play one race, you can do that. But uh, realistically, if you want to pick it up and play a little bit, uh, the Grand Prix four races is a, a perfect length to, you know, if you just want to pick it up and play a little bit, or if you want to do a couple of them. So I agree with you there. Um, if you, if you weren't aware, uh, Mario Kart 64 also has a multiplayer option. So if you didn't want to do the Grand Prix style, they have a uh, versus mode. They also have a battle mode where you're trapped in like some murder dome with your pals and the Which last is brilliantly living. fun it's so good you know it's so simple you know what i mean like you got your three balloons you're trapped in this you know murder dome and the last living soul is crowned victor and one thing i love so much about this mode is that uh it was one of the first moments that like a spite mechanic was introduced to me as a child totally you know when when you when you die, if you're if you're eliminated, you turn into a bomb and you have the option to screw over anybody that you want, basically. And uh, I feel like this and, you know, you eventually get it in Mario Party as well. Uh, you get the, the ability to just absolutely fuck your friends over. And I feel like that moment changed me. I have to say that I'm a man that appreciates and loves a little bit of spite you know it's a great motivator and that is like that's how you're gonna have a really good uh good fight with your friends right like if you take me out i'm hunting you down until you die right like how dare you eliminate me it's absolutely brilliant and wicked fun and you're right i, I i've never seen in another game now that i think of it a spite mechanic so obvious Right. Like that's, that's the reason it's there. Like no one dies, becomes a bomb and decides to just live peacefully amongst the living. Right. If Donkey Kong took you out, you're taking his ass down one more balloon. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Love it. That's a, uh, I always wished the only thing that I would say that is a little bit of a weakness with the battle category is I wish there was like almost like a circuit style version of that, right? Like, you know how you like, instead of just doing all one-off battles, like maybe do a competition or like, yeah, I don't know, some type of circuit. We could do three levels, four levels at a time. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, like a best of four type of thing. Right. I thought you were almost saying like, to combine the two like imagine that where you have a race no 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 but no. you also you also have balloons so like who either whoever that would wins actually the be race, cool yeah whoever wins the race wins or uh is the last person alive with their three balloons like anytime you fall off the stage you lose a balloon anytime you get hit by an item and then you're you just out balloon. of the race if you if you lose right. it that would be pretty yeah. fun yeah the only downside is like you know, you'd have to, you could only play with, uh, battle weapons. Like there couldn't be the lightning bolt or the blue shell. Cause it'd be way too easy to just like take a balloon out. Right. Exactly. That would actually be fun with a lot of red and green shells, actually. Right. Just create pandemonium. Well, maybe, uh, Steve, we got to pitch this one to Nintendo. I know they're listening to every episode of this podcast. So yeah. Take us so, up on that idea. We, we won't even take any credit for it. Well, I was going to say that maybe they could like, uh, you know, maybe we could be the next two characters. You know, they're, they're putting all sorts of nonsense characters in this game. So like, let's throw in uh, a Robin Steve. Right. Exactly. We'll see. I, I, I could see it happening. I totally agree. Now, Rob, uh, do you have anything else for us from mechanics that you'd like to discuss? Uh, no, I think I'm, I'm ready to move on. All right, now let's get into um, gameplay next, which I actually think is the really going to be a, a main point of discussion here today, because this is really what it's all about. Exactly. The, to me, the gameplay is probably the main reason that this game has endured as long as it has. You know, it has 
those tight controls, the levels are fun, and each level offers a varied experience, and the items and the gameplay in general are, in my opinion, perfectly balanced, and it's really allowed this game to age like fine wine. I totally agree. And honestly, the whole structure of the game, and I can't stress this enough, but like, you're not playing it too long, right? Like you're going to put each circuit's going to take you like a half hour, 45 minutes. And that's being generous. And it just like adds to such a fun, addictive style of play. You know what, Steve? I'm going to, I'm going to say this. I think Mario Kart 64 is the Paul Rudd of video games. Timeless. Just absolutely timeless. And even gets better with age. Uh, He does age like a fine wine. Yeah, I just I saw a picture recently, a, a meme of him from 20 years ago and today, and he literally looks identically the same. No joke from Ant-Man, from uh, him and friends to Ant-Man. He's the same guy. Or uh, the other guy is Rob Lowe. You know, I was just watching uh, Austin Powers 2 recently, and uh, he's in that. And then I think of him in Parks and Rec, and they literally are, they're completely identical. Parks and Rec is like, I, I, that's the thing is, I think he is Parks and Rec to a lot of us. And I remember him from Tommy Boy specifically. Same guy. Yeah, man. So, so basically Mario Kart 64 is the Rob Lowe slash Paul Rudd of video games. It creates this like perfect storm and you get these like really intense white knuckle tight races, get your heart pumping. Um, I really like the how each character has their different attributes. You're either a light, medium, or heavyweight character. And I will say that, like, I've always had kind of an understanding of what that meant. But I went on... I recommend going online if, if you aren't already uh, knowledgeable of the subject and reading exactly all of the differences between all the characters. It's really complicated. Like, a lot of thought was put into balancing Hmm. the characters you know you have your light characters like toad or yoshi you got your your mediums like um mario luigi and then your heavies are obviously like wario bowser donkey kong and each the way that each character plays is actually pretty different and so uh, i appreciate yeah i i really appreciate the way the thought that was put into that I honestly think that's the first game I ever played that had that kind of variety. I've stressed this a bunch, like on on many of our episodes that like for me, a lot of variety in certain things um, make the game so much more fun and so much more replayable. And this was the first game that truly I totally agree. I've never looked into the stats online. I imagine it's fascinating, but you can just touch and feel each character so differently. And there's similarities between certain characters. Like I always felt there was a similarity between like Yoshi and Luigi. Like they had a better turning, um, than other characters, things like that. And, um, it's just, it, it absolutely fun gameplay by having that many different options. And, including the layer of different types of games, like battles versus, uh, Grand Prix racing, or even versus racing, like, you're really looking for, uh, a different type of character, so you have to be good with different types of characters in this game to be, like, across the board good at it. Absolutely. And, and speaking of the characters, I feel like the roster is another reason why this not only this game, but this whole franchise has succeeded and also why like a franchise like uh, the Super Smash Brothers uh, has succeeded. Most video game players have likely had a connection with one or more of these Nintendo characters from their solo games. And that just adds another layer of joy when you're playing Mario Kart. Like for me, uh, when I was growing up, one of my favorite games of all time. And as a child was, uh, Yoshi's story or sorry, Yoshi's Island for the uh, Super Nintendo and Yoshi since then has always been my favorite. So you can bet like every time that we start up a round of Mario Kart 64 that I'm going to be aggressively trying to pick Yoshi before someone else can. It's it's actually really true. I do think you t- kind of become like drawn to certain characters like in these franchises, especially because it's like like I think of who I always play with in Smash Bros and who I always play with in uh, Mario Kart and Mario Party, like those three games. Um 
like I've always been like a Luigi guy until they brought in Waluigi. And Waluigi is like my first choice in Mario Party, Mario Kart. Love it. I got to say, I- I'm curious. what What's your draw to Waluigi? What do you like about him? I'm I don't know. Curious. Honestly, like I kind of like, I like the like, so one of my favorite absolute, my, I would say Mario Party is probably my favorite series of all time outside of Zelda. And my favorite game, I always go back to, to this day, I could play the hell out of it, is Mario Party 3. And that's the game that introduced Waluigi as a character. I loved his level. I like the way, like we've said, that they actually here have introduced a variety within the characters. I've always felt that to be true in Mario Party. And just the way they design that character, the way he moves, I've always liked it. Kind of swift, gangly, like where Luigi Tur is too flexible. He's a little more rigid and he's not some stuck up prick like Mario. <laughs> it's it's funny because it seems like the internet really loves Waluigi in general. But when I look at him, he just seems like a doofus. Like, oh, he's, <laughs> but that's the beauty of him. It's like a lovable idiot. <laughs> <laughs> okay that, we're that like wario sense. wario is too over the top like right. he's like the tall skinny burglar in home alone you like you kind of love him because he's an idiot and he gets like paint dumped on his face and he gets like an iron in the head like that kind of lovable idiot i don't know i love him it's just uh and mario party 3 had a lot to do with it and that's a game we're going to talk about at some point but oh that's a wonderful game and they brought in a great character Oh, yeah. Um, I, I don't know if you saw it, but they recently announced a bunch of new N64 games that are coming to the online service. And one of them is the uh, entire N64 Mario Party catalog. Oh, my God. That's like exactly what I've been needing. Because, right. So I'm going to bitch about Nintendo for a second because they totally duped me on. So the first Mario Party they made for the Switch was just god awful. They changed the entire economy system and it ruined the game, but they at least introduced the idea of like allies, which was kind of cool, but a little like just not done right, too overpowered. Then they dupe you with, oh my God, we're going to bring in a mashup of the original three Mario parties and a couple GameCube Mario parties and excellently done, but they gave you free like three or four maps which was not nearly enough and it became boring in five seconds because there's no sort of reward system like some of the beauties of the original three mario parties is mario party one there's so many unlockables even if they're a bit obscure it was like fun to unlock stuff um and then at least like there was a some level of like degree to that in the second and third. Like the third, there was an actual adventure mode to unlock Waluigi and a different level. And I don't know, they just dropped the ball completely on the Switch. So I'm really happy to see them bring those three back because the third one especially, phenomenal game. Well, yeah, and the benefit, because, you know, f- for someone who has a big N64 collection or like in our case, we have the flash cart and we can basically play all all sorts of ROMs and things like that. Having the, the N64 online expansion, it's hard to justify the price, but the main benefit is that you get to play games online. So exactly announced, you know, so Mario party one, two, and three, you can now play online with anybody. And, And the big announcement was that golden eye is going to get put on there. So that, that'll be really interesting to see. They'll have to make upgrades to, to that game mechanically, or uh, it won't be a success. Right. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that they, um, they're able to get rid of some of the slowdown. Cause you know, if you're, if you're in a room with four dudes and you're all shooting at each other, um, yeah, the game starts to slow down really heavily. So I, I hope that, they can cut down on that because it's kind of unplayable when that kind of stuff happens. I totally agree. Um, but anyways, let's get back on to Mario Kart. Uh, <laughs> this has been, <laughs> it, it, I find this actually to be an interesting episode, honestly, because th- this game, 
I think transcends the system and this one of the few and I don't know, it just gets you talking about all of them, all the great games. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's a good point. It just, it's, it's the pillar of N64 and it's just getting us all hot and bothered about the system. You know, we've been singing praise of Mario Kart 64. I tried my best to, uh, pull out some, some negatives as well. Um, one thing, if I could call it a negative, is that the green shell mechanic to me is dated. And I know I'm a little, I'm kind of grasping at straws here, but if you're used to the later entries in the series, you can aim your green shell with your uh, right stick. And of course, then 64 doesn't, it doesn't have a right stick. So how would you have done it? I, I don't know it, that it was even possible, but that's one thing when I play Mario Kart. 64 that is a um that's instantly noticeable after say i was playing mario kart 8 it's it's something that's that's uh that stands out no i actually agree it's like it's one of those things it's such a raw idea at the time they was like you can see how the original idea was just to like let out let loose a straight shot so i think to become good with the green shell it was much more a timing thing uh in in mario 64 with making it much more difficult right and and kind of along the same lines is if you're playing like a stage like mumu farm or wario stadium uh, and you have a lot of those hills uh there's like this ungodly wobble if you don't enter the hill like going straight you you wobble from side to side it can be hard to keep yourself steady and again it's it's another thing that added a layer of i think really what it did is it adds a layer of um complexity that if you get better at the game or get good as the as the kids say then these things aren't as much of a problem yeah see i'm mostly sitting here thinking these are complaints of someone who suck at the game that's just me that's what so i'm trying to come up with some some ideas of flaws of this game and as i was writing these i was like man like it just sounds like like i'm i'm complaining i just gotta i just gotta practice and get good at this stuff see though i agree with you contextually about like the green shell like it is way more difficult in, in n64 but and like so like the new way they do it is a lot more fun so i overall i do agree with you but there's something something very satisfactory being like i'm that good at it where i'm still gonna hit you with this and i feel like that's where i'm at with this game the last thing i i will say which actually to me feels like a legitimate problem with the game is that it is absolutely crippling if you fall off the stage in this game i agree actually it's true and, you know, it is another thing, like, just don't fall off the stage and then it's not a problem. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's it's it happens frequently when you play more of the difficult maps like, you know, uh, Bowser's Castle or, you know, Banshee Boardwalk. Like, it's going to happen. I, I would say, though, I do find I, I do agree. It is absolutely devastating to fall off the map, but it almost makes it uh, and it does add a level of fun to the gameplay for me as well, just because there are real consequences. I hate like I uh, it's devastating if you're on like the fourth map of a of like, let's say you're on Rainbow Road, you go off the edge one time you're basically fighting from the back the whole time and like pissed off if you've if you've done it so it it does add a little bit of like fun frustration i would say right that's a good point because then you're kind of fighting to to get yourself back uh because we've definitely had races like that where you're you're falling behind and you have like a photo finish where you pull in first from like last place so the only thing that i would say you're right um the only problem is that it can certainly slow down the pace and i think that's why they kind of removed that where the lakitu really hustles to get you back into the race after you fall off yeah so that that the you know there isn't that moment while you're just like looking down at your watch waiting to get back into the game i also like that in the newer versions it's a little easier to not get spun around i do feel like an n64 mario kart sometimes you can get spun around and it's just really hard to reset yourself back on course. Like specifically the uh, ghost boardwalk 
uh, level. So this might be a good time to mention this. Steve, did you know, and I learned this and it was absolutely shocking, but I learned something about this game, actually two things about this game that I didn't know before. Really? And yeah, and it was absolutely mind blowing because, you know, like I said, I've been playing this game basically my whole video game playing career and I learned something new about it today. Did you know, and maybe I'm going to come off as a friggin' fool in front of you <laughs> and anyone who might be listening to this, but did you know that if you're at a complete standstill and you press A and B at the same time that you can like spin around in circles? I actually, I don't think I ever realized that. I thought you just like, yeah, I guess I never realized that. I thought you could, how do you go in reverse, right? Do you just hold B basically? Yeah, I think, I think you hold B and you might have to press back on the stick. Okay. To, yeah. See, to I didn't know up. that actually. Yeah, so like I think if you're up against a wall, you can kind of use that mechanic to uh, turn yourself around. Easier. Very interesting, especially how much we probably played this game even together. Um, that we none of us ever picked up on that. Right. It's it's shocking, dude. I, I recommend right after we're done recording this that you go and plug in your your copy and and try it out because it is it was really unsettling. It's like if I don't know this. Like, what else do I not know about life? For real. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, especially, like, think about how much time you've committed to that game in your life. Oh, my God. I know. I felt worthless. <laughs> Terrible. A- another thing I didn't know also, which kind of makes sense, but if you're, this is the one that'll probably get people to to boo me aggressively, but when you drive over a banana peel, if you're going straight, and all you you know is if as long as you're not turning left or right on the stick and you break, you okay. don't spin out. You deserve to be booed for this. That is like Mario Kart 101. Like actually, like just slow down for a second and hit B slightly, and, it, and then the, like it does the okay. Right, and then you get like the little oh, music note. That over should your head. not have I'll, been I'll news. be honest. I'll, I'll be honest. It, it was it was news for me, Steve. I made myself vulnerable to share that with you and with everyone listening. And uh, you attacked me. I I feel personally ashamed to have played that much Mario Kart with you. And you haven't known that. Well, yeah, I mean, you should feel especially ashamed because I beat you every time. That's not necessarily (laughs) true. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's, it's hard to take Steve down in uh, Wario. Wario Stadium. Oh, I will say that is like that is the creme de la creme of levels on the N64. Like a side by side, that is as fun. So my top two levels, Rob, I don't know what, what yours are, but I'd like you to share as well. My top two levels are Wario Stadium, and I personally love the Yoshi level in uh the, the special cup. Um oh, yeah. I don't remember the name of the Yoshi level, but that level, so much fun. I could blindfoldedly pick the same path. Like I've taken this taken the same path my whole life that that is my that is my level. And I love the fact that there's some mystery to it where they don't show you what place you're in. That is the most fun map. Yeah, that 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 one's pretty good. I th- I think my num- my number one favorite is uh Bowser's Castle. That's I, always a good choice. I, I, yeah, that that one's uh it has like the perfect amount of uh, fuck you bullshit that that the stage does to you agreed but it's also it's all like very avoidable if you know what you're doing so i i'd say that's my my number one favorite um as far as a second favorite it's probably wario stadium to be honest see it's just an all-around good level yeah that that's there are two reasons why i love that level one because it is the ultimate drifting course. It it tests your yes. ability to drift more than than any other course, in my opinion. And secondly, it is home to one of the best spite mechanics ever, Agreed. which is hitting people with the lightning bolt before they go off a jump and completely ruining any chance of them winning. See, again, I'm a man who loves spite and... I mean, you know what? Now that I'm like reflecting on this, Mario Kart could definitely have had a piece of that um, <laughs> or be responsible for my love for Spike. But I agree. Nothing's more satisfying than hitting someone with a red shell 
right at the top of that jump because you know you've effed them so hard that they are definitely not winning. Yeah, there's no coming back from that. It's so fucked. It's the best. <laughs> well, I think that that does it for me. Hey, on, on I, I, I'm definitely Steve. good with gameplay. I think we've nailed all the all of it there, and and I think so quite well as I, I would say as well. Quite well indeed. All right, let's get into difficulty, Rob. So, do you mind if I start off with this one? Not at all. Yeah. So, uh, one of the things that I have to say that is a great draw for this game is the difficulty of the AI specifically. So, you wouldn't necessarily think offhand that a uh, a kart racer game in one player mode would be as addictive as this game could be. This game was so addictively fun, and I think it was because of the difficulty design within the AI. Every time you play, no matter what CC you play, what uh, Grand Prix choice you play, the AI always has a certain subset of characters that they've deemed in that particular circuit that is going to essentially match uh, like the top kart racer to be competitive with you the whole time. And part of why this is fun is other elements of the game, such as the spike mechanics in um, Wario Stadium, because in one player mode, you could be neck and neck with with uh, AI character throughout the entirety of a Grand Prix. And then you might get them one time at the jump in Wario Stadium. And then you've F them for the rest of it. And you know, you're going to win. So excellent. Um, Excellent feature to this game is really how they looked at the difficulty of the computer characters. And I think it does go to the fact that each of these characters were designed to be unique. So um, one of my favorite elements of this game. Yeah. So in preparation for the podcast, I I did uh, quite a few races against the AI and the 150 CC and it was it's still a, it's still a challenge to race that like one computer that they decide is going to be the bastard of that grand prix great way to play and it. you know yeah <laughs> yeah um and you got to play 150 cc if you don't then you'll be mocked by every living soul in a mile you don't deserve reasons. to even be playing if you're not playing 150 cc or reverse Oh yeah, reverse is also acceptable. Like you haven't lived unless you've uh played Toad's Turnpike. That actually reverse. is funny because that's the exact course I would pick for probably the most difficult in reverse. Yeah, I, I think it's it's kind of like the standard reverse course because it you know, it's so obviously in reverse the way that the the cars are all like speeding towards you while you race. So fun. And, but, you know, if, if you're, if you don't mind being mocked and you're not up to snuff for the 150 CC, you also have the hundred and the end of the 50 option. So where, why I rate the difficulty so high is you have the option to tailor the difficulty, which to me is always a great option for, for any video game. If you want to have the harder experience, if that's what you're into, then, then you should be able to and vice versa. So I I always appreciate when games do that. It's not as common these days as it was back in the back in the and day. admittedly, like this feature is a good way to like have like learn the game initially because I don't remember and and maybe you do, but I do think you have to beat all modes in order to unlock like the secret title screen or the reverse mode something along those lines like you did have to beat 150 cc all gold same for 100 and then also for for 50 as well maybe i know you had to get all of the gold but i don't remember if you just had to do that in one difficulty or if it was all of them. i i i imagine if if i remember correctly i think you had to do it in all of them because like i remember like in times past, I should get my like original version out of the basement and and see if I have like gold in all of them. Yeah, it's and another thing too. Speaking of the difficulty, is if you read up on this game, what they were really trying to do was make a game that was going to appeal to everybody, whether you were 
eight years old or 80 years old. They wanted people to be able to pick up this game, play it, and have fun. And I think they do a great job at that with with the different difficulty settings. Totally agree. Definitely added to um, replayability, too. Absolutely. All right. So uh, next, Rob, if you're fine with difficulty, I'd like to get into visual presentation. Would you like to kick us off? Absolutely. This game looks pretty pretty darn good for a game that came out in in 97 and a lot you know it's not going to drop your jaw to the floor when you look at it but the kind of minimalist visual presentation has allowed the game to age extremely well and this is largely in uh thanks to the fact that the game used 2d pre-rendered sprites for the racers items some course obstacles and you know some polygons look good in in some of the games but it's the pre-rendered sprites like when you think of ocarina of time and you and you're you're uh you know look at the buildings that all have the pre-rendered sprites or you know they, they do it in like resident evil 2 it's like those games look really good and have aged really well visually because they didn't rely so heavily on the polygon stuff. And it also allowed this game in particular to run buttery smooth. I I was going to say, I do think that technique made this game smooth as hell. And I think that is like one of the absolute best parts of it. Like, like it's so fluid. Like we've played other racer games. I think we played F zero and it just, that game moves too fast and doesn't run as smooth as this. This is Buttery smooth, as Rob has put it. Yeah, F F zeros for a a different style. When you, if you want that like aggressively fast racing game, you know you're not really going to find that as much here in Mario Kart 64, but you get it in Spades with F zero. Absolutely brilliant uh, idea idea for them, and I do think it has. I agree, uh, held up incredibly well over time. Yeah, and another thing, speaking of the visuals that I I really liked, was that each level was designed really well and it was given a very distinct feel. You know, like, almost none of the levels resemble each other very, very closely. Like, we got a couple snow levels, but they still are are different. And, you know, you got a couple of your standard race tracks, but you got, like, Bowser's Castle, you got Rainbow Road... For me, it's another reason why the game has aged so well. You know, you look at other big racers that are great games like Excitebike or uh, 1080 Snowboarding. You know, they're they're great games, but they fail to provide courses with individuality. So it's like, okay, do I want to play this snowy mountain or do I want to play that snowy mountain? You know, it's it it takes kind of some of the the fun out of it for me personally. Oh, I I totally agree. And I actually think it allows each person to have like be very passionate about what their favorite levels are. Right. Like, I think um, that's definitely how I feel about like the Yoshi level. And I know a lot of people hate that level, but like I'm passionately like I love that level. Like if I have my choice, that's my first map. So we both mentioned our favorite courses. What's your least favorite course? Uh, So for me. Hands down, the boardwalk ghost map. I hate that level. Oh, see, I like, love that one. That's uh, like funny. I'm such intense on the drifting. I can't drift properly in that map. Right. You well, that map you have to approach really um, patiently, and yeah. See, that's not my style at all. Right. So I really like I like that course because I almost always win at it because I take my time to ensure that I'm not falling off the edge. You know, you can, you can kind of just barrel through the course, but you're like a guaranteed going to fall off the course at some point if you take that approach. So I've always liked that one for that reason. It's kind of different, you know, instead of uh, it rewards you for breaking and, and things like that, where other courses don't really do that. I could not think of a better example than that. Of how you and I view video games, like 
we we look at we both love video games and we view it in a very very opposite manner like me like that's your favorite one of your favorite levels and i i can't even come close to that level because the style i play is like bull in a china shop and it kind of like fits me <laughs> as a person anyway where like you're patient methodical and oh it's very funny and that's why we're the ultimate pair of podcast hosts, Stephen, because we cover the whole gamut. I, t- I actually agree. Now that we've um, stroked our ego sufficiently, uh, how do you feel about moving on to sound design, Steve? Yeah, um, let's do it. You want to start us off? Yeah, dog. So the, um, the actual, for me, the actual track songs or the soundtrack are kind of relatively dull. They do a good enough job at setting the pace. This is probably, for me, the sound design is probably one of the weaker aspects of the game. Uh, for me, like w- in one way that the sound really excels in this game is actually the sounds the characters make during races. You know, when you pass somebody, when you get hit by someone's weapon, when you murder your buddy, um, all your characters make different sounds and it's really engaging and it really helps the game feel more interactive. It brings each character to life and uh, like Toad screaming bloody murder when he gets hit by a shell, a shell. It never gets old. That is true. I, uh, I personally love, um, I, I always play Luigi when I play this game when I'm racing and I love it. It's like, Bingo, poor for war, something along like those lines. Like to this day, I know what he says. Um, I also would say though, um, I do think you're kind of spot on with the music. Like, I do think it has uh, a music of like a Mario Kart feel, I guess, but it's very plain and very secondary. Um, to other elements of the sound design, like you said, like it, it they almost use the sound as not really. It, they use it as an enhancement of the gameplay, really. Like, you know, you're gonna, you're not gonna know your blue shell hit until your guy out of nowhere just says his catchphrase. Yeah, and it it goes a long way in in making the game a better experience and more, like I said, more more interactive. So I I appreciate that aspect of the sound design for sure. Definitely. Now, Rob, how do you say we get into our final category today? Modern day appeal. How do you think this holds up today? So. Honestly, other than the gameplay, the modern day appeal is probably the strongest aspect of this game for me. Um, Despite its age, Mario Kart 64 is one of the most enduring games ever created, in my opinion. It's got the tight controls, awesome characters, great stages, balanced gameplay. It has aged well visually, and it's one of the ultimate multiplayer games on the console. To me, is it the best Mario Kart game of all time? I'll say no, probably not, because the series uh, mechanically and gameplay wise, I think they've made quite a few improvements over the years, um, which can make the game feel dated at times. But that being said, I've played basically every Mario Kart game ever released, but this is the one that I always come back to, despite the fact that there are, you know, I, I could easily parp it. Parp. <laughs> pop in <laughs> Mario Kart 8. Um, That's true. And, and I guess the last thing I'll say is it's imperative to mention that this game is available on the Nintendo Switch online service, which allows you to play Mario Kart 64 online. So if you have the bucks to spend on that membership, what are you waiting for? Like, go do that right now. That membership to me is becoming more and more worth it every day. Like, I actually didn't know that they were um, releasing the Mario Party ones, but like, damn, they got some. They're being very smart but insulting about the choices that they're putting on there, right? Like, I'm so pumped that they're finally putting the original Mario Party on there, but I do feel like a fool for have bought in the crappy Switch version, which they so easily could have made better. Right. I. I, I spent it makes me feel dumb for spending the 50 bucks to have it for this past year because, you know, there were eight games and not a lot of good multiplayer stuff. So now they're going to start adding all your Mario parties and your golden eye and things like that. And I'm pretty sure my subscription has run up or is close to running up. 
And Dude, it's so funny because mine literally I just got emailed like this week and it's like they're totally adding these titles to get us to come back. Yeah, it's it's rude. They 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 wait the year. So the people like that impulsively bought it. Uh, A.K.A. You know, us. A.K.A. us. Uh, and they 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 got us. And now it gave them time to put together all of the games that, that are going to keep us keep us using it. It's pretty funny. Um, so for me with modern day appeal, um, I tend to feel the same way as Rob for the most part. It's like, it's, it's the one that I've always come back to. I agree. It's not the best. Like I said, I, I really think double dash is, is, is the best one of all time. And I know I'm not necessarily in the minor in the majority in that opinion. Um, but this game is one of the N64 games. And for most people, there's that additional nostalgia feel, as well as I think the visuals being still very tight, um, a big reason to come back and play. I do find as we do this podcast, I think the visuals more often than not tend to make or break modern day appeal um, or games that have a modern day appeal. And I think the visuals here have held up you know, mechanically, it's still strong, a little raw in some places, but a lot of fun. And the online feature is nice because you can still play with your friends like you used to. Um, so I think the modern day modern day appeal is is really here for this game still. I couldn't agree more. All right, Rob, uh, what did you give us for a total score today? I gave Mario Kart 64 a 4.2 out of 5. And ironically enough, though we had some different uh, totals for some of our categories down the line, I also came in with a 4.2 today, giving us an overall N64 rating of 4.2, which I think is a very accurate depiction about how we feel about this game. I think, you know, there's certainly some sort of level of nostalgia here for both of us. Um, What do you say, Rob? Yeah, I, I think, you know, this is a great game, one of the best on the console. You know, there's certainly some dated aspects and some some limitations of the console that come into play but overall this is a legendary multiplayer game for the n64 that if you haven't played you're you're really uh doing yourself a disservice i totally agree and with that, we've reached the end of another episode of the N64U podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please like us on Facebook via our N64U, a retro gaming podcast page, or follow us on Instagram for all of our latest updates and announcements. And don't forget to subscribe and rate slash review us on your favorite podcasting app, which will keep you up to date on our latest episodes and help us reach more lovely people such as yourself. And if you have any questions or comments, please shoot us an email at n64upodcast at gmail.com and we'll read it out on the show. This is Rob and Steve signing off from your home for all things N64 here at the N64U Podcast. Thanks for listening. If you take me out, I'm hunting you down until you die.